What's up, everybody? This is Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. I don't normally broadcast or podcast on the weekends, but this was a special episode. I need to apologize in advance. There's some anchor allows us to invite guests onto uh, our podcast. And there was just mad. um, I don't know what you call it on the line. I mean, the clicking sounds literally come from uh, the anchor part of the technology. And uh, I wouldn't post it otherwise. uh, But the, the content is so important to me. And I I'm not editing it. I'm not shortening it. It's uh, about 40 minutes. So everything about this podcast is different than what I normally do. It's longer. It's, uh, if you have to stop and listen to it multiple times to get through all the, the distortion, I get it. But um, it's an important story to me. Uh, a friend of mine has basically taken some severe trauma in her life and um, turned it into uh, a business and a mission. And uh, it's important to me, and I think it should be important to you. And, um, yeah, so try to roll with it. Uh, Again, we went to high school together. We go way back. And um, the only thing I really take credit for is naming her business. Uh, And I got my music team to create a a song around it. But, I mean, everything that has become in the last three or four years is all her. And um, when you hear her story, and she doesn't get... Uh, too deep into it but I'm gonna tell you something Uh, you can never really know anybody and uh, she was with a person for she was with this man for eight years and it's incredible she doesn't get into a lot of details but take it from me it's an incredible journey for her to uh, endure what she's endured and and get to this point it's pretty incredible and uh, I was grateful to have her on the show and so I'm posting it Uh, We just finished this conversation, so it's pretty raw. And yeah, it's going to have some distortion in it. So I'm apologizing in advance for the quality of the recording, but uh, the content is is solid. And um, yeah, so check it out. This is uh, Carolyn uh, Hammond from Safe in Harm's Way. Hello. Hello. I think we're just going to have some noise on the line. Just a little bit. Is that that annoying for you or okay? It doesn't bother me. Okay. You know, I'm going to try to edit. You know, if it sounds too crazy, I'll just, um, you know, I'll try to put it through a filter and, you know, do some tricks from my media work days. But it just is what it is. You know, my listeners have come to roll with it awesome i have one stretch i couldn't stop yawning and i was like dude i'm not editing this out i yawn <laughs> <laughs> i'm a yawner I yawn. <laughs> yeah i mean it's like i do this podcast uh pretty faithfully right before i go to work sometimes i'm sleepy right right so uh following up you were on the show like oof, what was that two years ago Maybe even three years ago? Well, we did a show when I came to your house, and I got to meet your lovely mother. And then we did a couple shows. And then I did one... Gosh, I lose track of time, Judy. It could be every bit of a year or more. 
it was definitely more than a year ago. Yeah. Because I, I was home during the day. So that means I was still working for myself. Um, oh, wow. Definitely, yeah. yeah, I definitely wasn't working uh, where I work now. So that's crazy. That's been at least two years. I'm almost done three years. It'll be three years in April. So, yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. So your business has grown exponentially safe in harm's way, which I humble brag. I take credit for the name. Nothing else, though. Uh, <laughs> the vision, the growth, all of that is you. Honey, I give you proper credit for everything because the beginning, I mean, you were there at the height of the insanity, you know, and... It was concerning. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... So there are very few stories when people share them with me that I'm like, whoa. I know. But that was one of them. Yeah. So I don't know. Now, before you weren't at all comfortable uh, elaborating or going into any detail. So you kind of get to take the lead on how much you want to talk about now. We can stick. We can just strict uh, stick strictly to the business part of it. Uh, those, uh, and the growth you've experienced that in that way, or you can also talk about what led to you creating the business in the whole first place. Oh, I'll talk about it all. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And you know the main thing, and we can even get into this, but the one of the main reasons that I couldn't talk about it is because I was so flippin' scared, and I was so sad, and I was crying all the time. And anytime I talked about it, I would just break into hives and welts and cry. And so I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that was part of it. That's tough. So the name of the company is, uh, organization is Safe in Harm's Way. Um, after you told me your story, I thought, oh, you, you thought you were safe, but you were really in harm's way the whole time. Yeah. And so um, now you get to take it from there. Like, go as deep as you want or as shallow as you like. It's it's your story, so you should share it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And fortunately, or rather, I guess, unfortunately, when station calls violence against women an epidemic, while this is my story, it is reflective of numerous stories across the globe. So the whole point of talking about this is twofold. It's to raise awareness and allow anyone who might hear this or anyone who knows somebody who needs to hear this to realize that they're not alone. And because even in the face of an epidemic um, that is violence against women, People, the women who are, are living through it feel so desperately filled with shame and feel all alone. So even though it's staring them in the face of what could be and what's going on and what's happening, the reality is that they're all just struggling and they're all trying to figure out what it is that they can do and how they can heal if they even have the vocabulary to understand what is happening in their life. So I'm going to pause there and, and say, you know, when, when I say those things, what, because you are my, you are my rock that goes, well, yeah, Carolyn, but so I, I always want to check in with you and say, what are the gamuts on that, Judy? I mean, what do you, 
what what are what are your pushbacks on that? Because that sounds insane, doesn't it? That a woman would have lived in a situation and not realized that she's being abused. Um, no, it doesn't because it becomes normalized. I think exactly. You know, I I think when you're in something, you're not looking for all the reasons why it's weird. You're in love, or you're happy, or you, you know have goals and you're living your life. So I don't think you stop and go, hey, <laughs> am I being abused or violated in some way here? I think it becomes normalized. It becomes normalized and, you know, it doesn't start off as abuse. I, I very rarely would you want a first date with somebody and then punch you in the face and you think, I want to stick around for this. This, uh, right. There's an indoctrination. Oh process, my gosh! For sure. It's as if abusers have a playbook. Now they implement that playbook in a little bit of different ways, but it's a playbook. So you know, talking about my story, and I use feminine pronouns when I discuss it because, of course, I'm female. And but I do realize, and I have to call out that men can be suffering from abuse, and people who identify differently um, can be subject to abuse and in fact probably at higher rates so I, I do want to call that out this is my story the pronouns are female because I am female and but I'm not exclusive of other folks who have experienced abuse so I started out with someone I knew from college a person who post my divorce um, and, and to be clear my my former husband and I had a really great marriage for 20 years and we ended up being really good friends. We also had a really great divorce as odd as that mm. sounds and our divorce took a couple years. So, you know, we had been separated for a while and, um, and during that separation before the divorce was final because we had, um, you know, started to divide assets. We divided the house. We took our time. My former husband helped me go buy furniture. He helped me buy my new house. When I started dating this particular gentleman that I knew from back in college, my my former husband ran his record to make sure he didn't have one. My former husband checked him out to make sure that he seemed like a good guy. Um, very much aware of everything that was going on. That was how my former husband and I operated. Um, and we did that long time post-divorce so there wasn't anything you know sneaking around there wasn't anything like that and you know this is somebody I knew and I reconnected with and we started a, a fabulous relationship and all these beautiful signs were there right I mean invested attentive cards flowers, you know, driving every place to see me, inviting me on these fabulous trips that he got to do for work and getting to participate in events that were just amazing and, and, and full of love, you know, full of love. And that proceeded for, oh, that, that went on for a long time. And so it wasn't, it was, you guys were together total like eight or nine years? Um, just over eight years. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when I escaped from him, um, <laughs> oh my God. yeah, when I escaped from him, we were four weeks away from our already paid for, booked, planned, ready to go wedding. 
Wow. Yeah. So now I look back on that time together. And because there is a slow indoctrination, I can I can see, and this is a part that really screws with the, the mentality, the psychology of survivors, is when you know what you know, you look back and you think, oh, then, then, yeah, right. then. That was when he was starting. That was when the little snipe comment started. That was, that was when it started to, to, to go bad. And and I'll give you an example of how tiny it is, right? How how insidious it can be. So we were about six weeks into us reconnecting. Um, we went on a trip to Vegas. Get this: my former husband gave me his airline miles for me to take that trip, right? Oh. So. We went to Vegas and we're having a great time. And I, we we're going to a concert, and I came down like dressed to the nines, right? Like ready to have fun, high heels at, at the time. You know, of those cute textured tights we're in. I had textured tights and shorts and this great top, and just felt like a, you know, a rock star. And I, and I met him, and he said to me, "You look like a whore." Oh. And I said, "I'm sorry, what?" He goes, well, we're in Vegas. I'm just saying you look like a whore. I said, well, I'm just saying that that's kind of not cool. Like, that's not cool. Rude. That's rude. Oh, my God, Carolyn. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, love. I'm caught. I'm kidding. Okay, that's how tiny the little moments are, right? Because then you push back, and then they blame you, and then they make a joke out of it, and then they move on. And, though, and that, if I had uh, looked back into that... Um, what do you think I don't so hmm, what is the point of calling you a name is it like a control it's a thing control thing and it's it's the process process of starting to demean you uh, demean me in order to make himself feel better kind of like the, the you know the bully on the playground who's so rude to everybody else because he feels bad about himself um, but it's in, hmm. in the and in, in tech wise you know, of course, this is, I'm, I'm not a licensed psychologist, but, you know, if you read enough textbook-wise, that's true narcissism, narcissism and psychopath eventually. So, um, you know, that's that's part of just the slowly dismantled. An abuser wants their prey to feel less than all the time. So then that way, when the abuse really starts... Yeah, you're already kind of desensitized. You're desensitized to it. Now, had I had the vocabulary of what I knew, because if you, you know, at the time, again, I'm coming off a very great friendship with my former husband. Um, I never once saw my dad abuse my mom. Um, I don't have the vocabulary to know what this is other than, well, gosh, he just needs extra love. He just needs a good example of how to have mm. because all of that is, and it's interesting. He, he wrote a letter many years after and um, my abuser wrote a letter and talked about how he was grooming the next person. He actually used the word grooming the next, oh, the next word. So that's the, that's part of it is to, to also talk about how sad he is. He's never known love like mine. His first marriage was horrible. How, how in the world did he ever survive without me? 
He's never known love growing up. He's just a broken soul. So you took on the I'm gonna be his hero. I'm gonna be his hero. And and that's how it was. And if you if you read there's some great literature out there that that women who are in, in these situations and this is kind of where this is really where safe and harm's way play all survivors of course but those rock star women who are knocking it out of the park professionally and then hide the bruises they get from home when they go to work are the people that most often have the hardest time leaving because they're not used to losing they're 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 mm. achievers they're performers they don't walk away from a crisis they double down they figure it out they read more they invest more in their relationships they so so here i just kept thinking he was my toughest customer and Good. i just needed to to solve that that this relationship and show him because this poor man he's just been he just hasn't had a good life and i'm going to be the person who helps him on that and and what i should have done is look around and think ha huh, if professionally <laughs> i can make a difference in the world and and he's he's the one person i can't reach the problem is him the problem is wait a minute Right. You know? and, and that, That's incredible. That goes, and I, I should be clear. I should be choiceful in, in my words. It, it's not only women. All choiceful. All women. Is that a word? Choiceful. Choice. I should be Sorry. choice. I, I yeah. Because all okay. women, whether they're rock stars at work or they're they're rock stars at home or they're just they just are being themselves and they're good at whatever that it is they're doing. we're all fixers, right? The reason that Safe and Harm's Way plays in this arena is my goal is to take women who have the means and the ability and turn around and help the woman who also can't leave because she can't feed her kids if she leaves. So, I want sure. I want as professional women to take women who who can't leave because of finances because they can't leave because their history has been filled with violence. Um I I want as women and men I want us to turn around grab their hands and go change their worlds and I want to then have the professional women in their places of business talk about domestic violence and change the business model so that we can actually offer additional resources to survivors and also hold perpetrators accountable so that's why I I talk about so, that kind of being a focus is and because that's the story I know that's my story but in a real way you've decided to stop fixing the the partner and turn that energy into fixing other victims. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. And I yeah. Well, I I know more of the details of the story and I know that once people start getting on your website and start looking around, they'll they'll start to um know more of the details, but you know what you've done in the last few years from from nothing to i think i saw you have billboards up now i do um so that's incredible so what so when people dial in what what are they what are they going to get from contacting you like what what's how far is your business cuz early on it hadn't really um gotten to the place where you are now so if i i'm in a situation 
COVID has seen uh, DV cases spike. I'm uh, in a bad place and I need some help. And I call you. What happens? Well, we are not a shelter. Um, we are we are not emergency housing. What we act as is a conduit to all the other services. And here's why: when people are escaping abuse, they're they're they are in fight or flight mode. Their brain has been traumatized. It is just what is in front of me. What is the next step? And so. We try to give people the vocabulary so that they can start to understand what's happening to them. So we do that through the content we create, and we've pivoted during COVID, and we saw a huge spike, over a 520% spike in the people who were using using our services. And what do I mean by using our services? To answer your question specifically, our content that we create is is sometimes very pointed against abuse, and it's called out in in a bright shining light. Oftentimes, though, it is relatively benign. It might be an inspirational meme. It might be a video that talks about eating right.、Um, it might be a video the energy you're creating in the world or your ability to interact with the world. It could be about addiction. These are all the topics we discover. Inherent in that content are all the resources within comments and with the ancillary around that content. All the resources you would need if you were planning an escape, if you were dealing with a narcissist, if you were looking for a place to live, if you needed to figure out financial, because、mm. we know, we know that people that survivors can't readily look for services. Right, that's clever、yep. as shit. Because、awesome. they're being stopped, right? And this is the beauty. This is the beauty of the billboard, which I have been doing. I have to admit. Every day, I take time to do cartwheels outside and dance over the beauty of these billboards because survivors will be able to randomly be driving and see something and say, "Oh, oh, okay, I'm going to check that out." Right, and then they're going to find all the resources. The feedback we get most often is, "I saw your content on my friend's Instagram. I saw your content on my friend's Facebook, and holy cow, I've realized." This is the life I'm living.、Um, oh my gosh! I never knew how to label what was happening to me. Now I know. Now I can get resources because, again, go back to what I was saying. I couldn't have labeled what was happening to me. I couldn't have have. I didn't have the vocabulary or the history or the knowledge to understand what was happening to me was abuse. It wasn't until I left, and I let me let me clarify. Let me be truthful again in my words. Until I escaped. It wasn't until I escaped and was sitting in a domestic violence shelter, and they gave me the wheel of power and control, and I realized, holy cow! But I mean, you have to have some knowledge that、yep. you're not in a good right. situation, right? Is、yeah. you know what I mean? Because you don't want to just. Yep. Everybody's not going to see themselves in that, but if you are in a a, a intimate partner. Violence situation or a master manipulator,、uh, narcissistic,、uh, verbal abuser situation.、Um, but no, that's clever. I mean, I hate. I don't like conflating issues, but that's sort of like the underground、yes. railroad for domestic、yes. violence. Exactly, and I like that because because we want to reach. We have to reach people on whatever lane of. Healing, they're in. You know, you're going to have people who, like myself, didn't know what they were living and couldn't label it. We're going to have people who 
who are just starting to figure out, well, maybe this is why I cry in the driveway before I ever go in my house, you know? Well, also, too, I'm going to guess you have people who who are in situations they know they need to get out, but they can't very well be seen looking at certain types of things. That is one of our lanes, too. And we know that there's people who know they have to leave, who already are full force realizing that what's going on in their world is horrible, but they don't yet have the means to leave. We need to fuel them. That's why we, we put a lot of inspirational uh, information out there. We would love to fuel the soul of people who are just waiting to leave until they get the right opportunity and start to rebuild them because they've been dismantled from the inside out. So there's a method to our madness and um, and we're, we're sticking to it and, and we're getting good responses because, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, you do not have to live in a shelter for you to take advantage of other services. That includes court advocacy that includes getting aligned with lawyers that includes um therapy it includes you know training that they can provide for for you know see and i think that's awesome and those are the kind of things that you know the more people sit around and wait for you know the government to come in and try to create policy for you know what i mean the longer okay. it's going to take we certain things i feel like the government is the end you know like that's the last resort everything else is fair game and people need these services and this kind of attention and care long before so if you're if your only hope is that the the last time you call uh the police on this guy is the one time is the one time he's going to be held you know you might be dead before that right you're exactly right. Yeah. So. And and there's we focus a lot on on all the different and it's going to be so cool when our website relaunches because one of the biggest components of our website is going to be uh, survivor stories. So we again so that people do not feel alone. We're going to have a multitude of, of people already in the queue, already lined up to share their story. Some want to do so anonymously. Some want to go ahead and put their name to it. But we're going to to have survivor stories that folks can read and then the appropriate resources and identify and say this story was about emotional abuse verbal abuse financial abuse because some people will justify even further well he's not hitting me but i also don't have any access to our bank accounts well he's not hitting Mm. me but you know tells me i look like a whore he's not hitting me but my gosh, he throws all the towels on the floor when he gets home from work if he thinks I haven't folded them correctly. And then he calls me a stupid bitch. So, you know, those kinds of abuse people put up with because they're not being hit. But meanwhile, what's happening is they are being dismantled from the inside out and their confidence plummeting and then starting to believe the words that come out of their abuser's mouth. So, you know, we... We will so that people start to recognize it as abuse within the store. And then we have links to all of it that say, and here's your resource for emotional abuse. And here's your resource for financial abuse. And here's the statistics around what that looks like so that we can start again to provide the vocabulary and label the actions for people to recognize within another story what their own relationship is looking like and actually is. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think, you know, I always hesitate because I, I, while I love people like Oprah 
I do think that some people hear her stories and go, oh, I was victimized too. And it's not always like, you know, were you really victimized? Not that I'm blaming anybody or shaming anybody or not believing them. I think sometimes people want so desperately to have more gravity that they create these victim right. stories for themselves. Whereas sometimes people are actually literally, you know, right. running for their lives. And um, when you see a desperate situation and what it really looks like, some of these housewives and the shit they're talking about is not the same thing. So, yeah, I get what you're saying and I get the value of it. And I also understand how important it is. Like they've got these uh, programs now where women can go into like Pizza yeah. Hut or whatever and, and say certain things. And they know that, that they're being abducted or something like that. And um, with the and and I'm conflating again, but like with child sex trafficking and female trafficking and domestic abuse and inter inter uh, domestic partner violence. I mean, there's so much yes. out here. Um, and I think collectively, women have to uh, know that we deserve yes. to be treated better. And uh, even even when it's not abusive like that, you know, I'm just livid that uh, people can make the do the same job and a man right. will make what more money between um 81 or 87 <sighs> cents uh, yeah it's just it yeah, just okay. burns me up i really can't stand that and it starts there for me and then it then all the other issues that we've been talking about the other <laughs> kinds of abuses that kind of follow that um it's it's all like this part of this collective women as second-class citizens thing and it really pisses me off and i i think we need you know there are so many well well, let me backtrack i want to address something you said first you bringing up oprah thank you because that there's another side to that whether it's oprah renee brown and and believe me i'm into following their books and i listen to the podcast and and these are are women who truly doing great in the world and attempting to to provide information and lift people up but there's, there's moments, I think, for everybody else in the world that thinks, I could never rise above my situation. I mean, look at her. Uh, l- look at her. She's, she's got all this money. She's got all these things, right? Where if right. you hear from just regular Joe Schmo that you don't know who you're sitting next to in a restaurant, talk about her surviving this and what she did, then you start to think, well, I could do that. Well, you hope. But... But we have to, you know, we have to communicate. You hope somebody can, can hear a regular person's yeah. story yeah, and relate to that. But at the end of the day, you just have to find your, you have to know that you Better. deserve to be treated with respect and some dignity and all of that. I mean, I don't know how often you listen to the podcast, but one thing I always say is this great love story you're running around trying to create out in the mm-hmm. world is really with you and no one's going to fall in love with you more than you can fall well, in love with I, yourself absolutely when i listen to you that's that's been the biggest a big part of my journey as much healing as i've done so i'm about four and a half years out of, from having escaped um and it's through listening to your words like that that i've realized you know i am the longest relationship i'll ever have you know, and if yeah. I'm looking for a soulmate, well, wouldn't it be cool if I was my own soulmate? And 
It's so true, though. I mean, it sounds so trite and almost gospel, like. And it's truth, sister. I'm like, I'm like cursing <laughs> at your altar. Cursing at your altar. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. No, but it, I mean, it, I've had to do all this work myself. It's not like I just say shit and right. expect other people to do it. I mean, I really, uh, I've worked hard to get to this emotional place. And, um, yeah, that's definitely one one thing I I believe in fully is the great love story of yes. my life is with me. And and whoever else wants to jump in that pool can, but it's only going to be as great as the love story I have with myself Amen. first. And if you can't beat it, well, then you don't get to hang out with me. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, man. especially at our age. <laughs> <laughs> at our age and now that I don't know about for you but my hormones feel more in control like I don't feel like I'm running around like a lunatic and so it's just so so much easier to be like mm, nah, I'm good you seem crazy <laughs> I'm just gonna be you over here crazy. Oh my God. did I ever tell you the story me and Kim Wiley were out um, and I used her last name sorry Kim and I from high school were out <laughs> And uh, this guy, we were having breakfast in Central West End, and this guy was cute, age appropriate. And, you know, I'm no disrespect, I love St. Louis, but we don't have a ton of what I like to look at in terms uh-huh. of men, like hotties, especially not in, in our age group. And he walked in, he had on like nice boots and nice jeans. Yeah. And, I mean, he was cute. And I hadn't seen a cute guy <laughs> like that in a long time. And I was like, whoa, look at him. And he was looking at me, you know, and the sun was out, the sun was hitting the hazel eyes. I was, you know, smiling. I was like, okay. So he did something weird. So he put his arms down on the table when his food arrived. And he prayed so hard. (laughs) Like he thought Jesus was going to come out the kitchen or something. And I looked at Kim and I was like, oh my God, he's a weirdo. And that was it. I stopped looking. I stopped smiling. I just shut the show down, right? And I said, you know, when I was 25, I would be like, oh, my God. He's, like, got a great relationship with God. And he's, like, deep and spiritual. (laughs) At this age, I was like, oh, he's fucking weird. No, thanks. No, thank you. That's okay. No, thank you. I don't need somebody trying to convert me and over talking about the Lord all the time. No, thanks. (laughs) But I swear the 25 year old me would have been like, he's spiritual. But not now. (laughs) It's not hard. hard. It's interesting. I should say there, there was a moment that, um, that I I met somebody and it was a great evening and it was um, so fun, right? And so start kissing like at one corner of the bar and then like made our way out and like we're stopping and like, like making out madly walking, making out madly walking, you know, we're going back to the hotel. And then he says something really stupid. And not, I couldn't even, not like offensive, stupid, just unintelligent. Like, and I had this choice and I was like, 
okay, do I stop this? Because I, now I think you're really dumb. <laughs> you kiss really good. Okay, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the ladder. I'm gonna just go and, and so I said to him, shh, shh, don't don't speak again, don't speak again. <laughs> just needed him to speak. Wow. So it, it's getting progressive, and then as it you know, then the part of my head that's like, this is a dumb man. This is and a, it's oh too late. God, I mean, you it. can't. I'm like, unring the bell. Yeah. Once something's out yeah, there, okay, it's done. So, it's like, oh, okay. So fun. Now I think you're find, stupid. You know, I think we threw my shoe on the corner of, you know, this. Can we go back and pick up my shoes? And then I'm just going to see you home. Like, you just you just go ahead and go home, sir. Because I thought there's no way I'm taking you to my room now because you're dumb. I'm telling you, that man was over praying. I was like, okay, <laughs> and scene. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I didn't have any attraction for him at all after that. And anybody who listens knows I I'm, I have a good relationship with God. I'm a very spiritual person, but yeah, I've seen. I actually tried to date a guy a few years ago, somebody I grew up with, and he was so religious and controlling. And I was like, ugh. This this doesn't work. This prototype <laughs> is not a good mix for me, so I'm good. And I just had I just don't have my the moral of the story is I can I just yeah. can shut it down quicker. Like I'm not I I'm seeing all the movies and I know how they end. <laughs> so it's like I'm good. But anyway, I'm gonna wrap this up here. Can you tell me or uh, tell the audience real quick where they can reach you, will, how to find Thank you? Thank you for having me having me on today. Um. So Safe in Harm's Way is on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Safe in Harm's Way is on Twitter. We have our own Spotify station. Safe in Harm's Way is Safe in Harm's Way oh, is nice. also on YouTube. Our website should be launching soon. Hopefully that launches sooner rather than later. And um, so you can find us on all of those platforms. And then in our website would be safeinharmsway.org when it does launch. And then we're just gonna keep marching forward to change the world. And and I, I have to say, I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm happy for, you know, you naming my baby. Um, you, yeah, you were, <laughs> yeah, I was concerned. Yeah. <laughs> that, is it, I mean, it was- I was alarmed. Gosh, we need to devote a whole entire episode to just that evolution, right? Because that was- I mean, the moments when I couldn't speak without crying and, and, um, and you were there. And, uh, so yeah, you named my baby and you gave it a beautiful song and, uh, for that. I, thank you. I have a way of, uh, running into emotional burning buildings and your building was definitely burning down and I was concerned and. You know, it was an alarming situation. And so to see what you've been able to build uh, from from nothing is imp- impressive. So you ought to be proud of yourself, not only for escaping, but also turning, turning um, you know, real trauma and pain into uh, a business and a service that are, that's helping people. Like, and, and I think I was very big yes. on like, you got to build yes. a community and help people. <laughs> Cause this is definitely something people should know about 
and uh, yeah, they, they, it was just an incredible story. And um, certainly through getting to know your business, people will start to to hear more of the details because it it's something. You did, you and did. I bought the movie right, so <laughs> so they'll they'll know in time. <laughs> They'll know in time. I've got a lot of stuff going. I budget aside, you know, two minutes every day that I physically make myself stop. And I imagine what it's going to be like when you and I walk the red carpet. And what I can't net out on is if the person who plays me, which I'm calling Christina Applegate, and the person who plays you, do we all ride together in the limo? the four of us and then we step out or do we walk separately <laughs> or like what's going to make the oh, the impact or what does it sound like when the crowd cheers and I, I it's not I want I want us to have writing and producing Oscars uh yeah I mean I uh I intend to write it myself so there's that and then you know after that, you'll see uh, the people who win for producers, executive producers, and I certainly would give you that credit as, as it's your story. So we'll see. But I personally uh, think the story is it could play out in all kinds of uh, all kinds of ways. So we'll talk about that um, another time. But yeah. Thank you for being on. I know you're busy. She had to counsel somebody before we could even record. So thank you for taking some time out. I'm probably going to split this up into a few uh, segments because we're hitting 40 minutes right now. And, um, you know, I normally only do 15 to 20 minute shows. (laughs) All right, Carolyn, safe in harm's way. You stay safe, stay COVID free, and we will talk soon. Okay. I love you. All right. Take care. Love you.